What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right, it's episode 207, and today we're going to be ending our Voidtober with Carrie from 1976 and Phenomena from 1985. That's right. So, two movies with. Oh, here it comes. Mind powers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> can we. Can we- <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> it's just for fun, man. Anyway, so... It's not fun. I'm serious. (laughs) I hope you guys have been having an amazing Halloween season. I know it's kind of like a everything's up and fucking upheaval. We've had to change our lives around just about for just about everything, even if you don't believe in the shit. You know what I mean? You've had to change everything. And now people are just like getting crazy about it. They don't even... People who do believe in it are just tired of it so much. They're like ready to get it. They're like, yeah, just give it to me. Let's get it over with. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, But uh, yeah, we're going to be dealing this for a long time, guys. You might as well get settled in. <laughs> get used to it. Yeah, I mean, I've been preparing for this for fucking what? How many years now? <laughs> I pretty much live yeah. at home and work at home all day long. Right. I, I never leave. You so never leave. I was born for this. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are pussies, okay? <laughs> no, but for real, though, man, I've been watching a lot of stuff. We've been watching a few things on the side a little bit. Uh, we cut out our HBO Max. Um, yep, Lovecraft Country's over, so I was like, yeah. next first I was thing like, to go. You know, we didn't finish uh, Raised by Wolves, right? And she's like, oh, Oops. Shit. Now I don't get to watch John Oliver. Now I don't get to finish all these things that I never had time for. Neat, Christina. You... You didn't have time. You just said you didn't have time for them. I'm yeah, not because gonna... we're doing Voidtober. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, but I'm not going to continue to pay. Lovecraft know? Country opened up a whole new day for us. It really did. <laughs> you know, like this is the last time I had to do it. And, you know, yes. uh, if you haven't watched the finale of uh, Lovecraft Country, watch it. Come back and check out our episode on it on YouTube. We do greatly appreciate you guys checking it out. Like, we got to watch that unhinged movie. We did. You did a review. It's not a horror movie, guys, but holy fucked it might as well i was scared you should watch my review on that because like i'm actually very impressed it, it should be like based on a true story i'm sure it is dude it is is based so much in in reality in that road it, rage. it's not too far-fetched right it's crazy <laughs> we got a couple more that we want to check out too like i want to see uh love and monsters just for fun even though it's pg-13 it still looks kind of oh, cool cares? yeah it's a movie it's entertainment yeah. there's a lot that i need to catch up for by the end of the year um, I'll probably have my top 10 guys and my top 10 suggestions <laughs> and Christina will have her like her top three. I'll have like two <laughs> and that's it. No, I'll just be your commentary <laughs> like last year. I think oh, that worked man. out well. 
she doesn't get to watch movies as much as I do. So no. it sucks because Cause I, I, yeah, I just I can't time. get enough. I just can't get enough. <laughs> I try to get her to, though. There's some movies that she hasn't seen that I have that I that we picked up and bought, which we'll be doing our, our haul video where we like show all the movies that we picked up each month at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So guys, be on the lookout for that. We got some really cool stuff that I've been meaning to get that I have been putting in my top. So you, uh-huh. may, you may find some uh, hints in, in there. The haul. Yeah, I mean, it's never final because we got to go through like, I, I like to literally by the last month, I'll like watch like two, three movies a day. Just mm-hmm. watch them whenever yeah. I have time. You'll you'll totally binge watch I'll, to stay up. Yeah, because I don't have to do like, you know, these long fucking, you know, <laughs> like work on reviews. Like even doing watching a movie, I got to watch the movie. Right. And then I spend about, what, 10, 15 minutes doing the recording, my right. thoughts on it. And then I go in and edit it and put it up and post it everywhere. That takes about an hour, hour and a half. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, this way I can just pound them like one after the other and then uh, give you my faves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, though, I wonder, like, if you need to sit on them, though, because, like, when you do your top favorites, sometimes I've noticed that the ones that are newest that you haven't seen, like, like we watched Underwater, which oh, I really liked, right. uh-huh. but that was, like, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And so it's like, is it going to have the same vibe how, as it did when I first saw it? How you know? funny. I was having this conversation on Twitter with somebody, and we were talking about Host. And how it probably which host? Have, oh, the host that came out on Shutter about okay, the pandemic. I did a review of a movie called Hosts, Hosts with yeah, plural, right? But this was Host, and how it like in five years or even you know five years prior, it wouldn't hit. Like that movie came out at just the right time. Well, that's the thing about movies. Sometimes they come out at the right time, and sometimes they don't. And then when you watch them later, without all that, you right. know, it the movies that that built your interest or dis or dissuaded your interest right. from watching a movie, like Blair Witch. Yeah. Yeah. What, the new one, you mean? No, the old one. Oh. Because it doesn't hit. The Blair Witch Project, you mean? Yeah, I'm sorry. The Blair Witch Project. You said the Blair Witch. I'm just saying. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that movie's different, though, because they built up this whole fucking thing for it. I'm talking about, like, some movies that you'll have, like, a reoccurring theme or something in, in horror or these types of movies, like, that are... You know, maybe people don't like, mm-hmm. or maybe they do like, and then will that will change your opinion on other movies coming out because you'll be either hungry for it or annoyed by it. Right. So, like, The Watchmen is a, an example of a movie that I did not enjoy the first time I watched so right. much, but later on I grew to love it, mm-hmm. and it's weird. Like, I don't know why, because I think that I had expectations of superheroes, right? That most people probably did if they didn't read the comic book. Right. Oh, I so see, yeah. it, it changed my perception. And then I kind of like remembered parts of it. And I was like, ooh, I like this gritty mm-hmm. kind of dark vibe, you know? And it's never, I don't see it in other movies like that. So, and a lot of comics have done that. Like even Warren Ellis did a comic book. I think it was called like Black Something or another, Black Summer. Uh-huh. And it was like about fucking superheroes like The Boys. The Boys, and the then TV you, show. Yeah, and it's like you got that too. And so it's like all these darker versions of stuff that right. people have done in the comic book world that are now just seeing the light, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
But anyway, got a lot of work to do, guys. I don't know what you're interested in us watching in November, but, you know, we definitely can theme it up around Thanksgiving as much as possible, although there is not that many movies that are Thanksgiving-themed as much as we'd like. But I was thinking, you know, maybe some silly ones and maybe, like, not even Thanksgiving-style, but just, like, the the turkey, like the chicken one, like the trauma chicken. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Uh-huh. But we could probably do that one just for fun. And then maybe, like, Blood Rage. We've never done Blood Rage, which is a Thanksgiving. Oh, is it? Yeah. And I think it's on Shutter still. I'm not 100% sure. If it's not on Shutter, it's definitely on oh, Prime, Prime or, something. or something like that. So, but yeah, we also want to watch some newer movies for you guys. So maybe we'll be picking some of that. So by the end of this episode, we won't know what we're going to be watching <laughs> for next week. So you guys are just going to have to keep an eye out this uh, week. This on, week. On okay. socials. But other than that, how are you? How are things with you? Are you excited about the holiday or are you just kind of like meh? I'm like meh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just meh. It's like for me, I, Halloween's year round. So, I mean, I know a lot of people get really excited for it and I do too because I like Halloween. Right. But it, it's like I don't feel the pressure of it like everybody else does to like squeeze in all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, we picked a couple of movies that we we're going to watch. Like, you know, we watched Terrified. Mm-hmm. I still need to watch City of the Living Dead and Evil Dead 2. I didn't get a chance to watch Evil Dead 2. Well, maybe too. we'll watch that on Halloween. Oh, well, you're streaming on Halloween. Never mind. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So maybe I'll just take off I mean, or it's something. It's a holiday. Yeah, I know. Well, everybody's going to be inside, so. <laughs> I, have a, I have a day off, too. Well, I think it might be that time for us to discuss who the Voidtober winner is. And that is... Jesus Soto. Congratulations! Congratulations! All the movies. Yeah, we got a lot of movies in there that, you know, they're not all blues, but, you know, we did have, like, the there was two season the- one of... Stranger Things. Stranger Things and the collector's set. Yeah, that collector VHS. Right. Then we had like a bunch of other really good movies in there. But I reached out to Jesus. If you're hearing this now and you're listening, you won, buddy. Hit us back. We're going to give you a few days to hit us back. If we don't hear anything back by this week Mm -hmm. before we knew the the next episode, then we're going to pick a new winner and you guys will hear that on that day. So... We try to reach you guys in a in a timely fashion, but, you know, we also want to try to get it on the podcast as well. So, but if we don't hear back, that means we're going to be drawing another name. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hey, Zeus, are you hearing me? <laughs> Appreciate you guys all listening and uh, signing up. Maybe there's still a chance left uh, for you guys out there. So don't. Don't feel like you can't sign up because I don't know. I won't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway. Oh, and I almost forgot to tell you guys. I do streaming on Twitch for video games, but we also just found out that we're going to be doing watch parties. So anything that's on Amazon Prime, we can watch together on Twitch and comment in the comments section for the stream, the like chat. As long as you have a Prime account, you can link it to your Twitch account. Twitch is, of course, free. doesn't cost anything. You have to have your Prime subscription already so if you're subscribed to prime you can link it to your twitch which is owned by the same company amazon and you can watch the stream with us and have a few laughs like you'll be a me in a little window in the corner and then the vi- 
video, the actual movie playing that we'll be watching together along with all of our great community that we have, a bunch of great people that come to the stream every week. And uh, we have a lot of laughs. So it's not just for playing games now. We can watch horror movies together, guys. And I'm fucking stoked about this. So I hope to see you guys there this Wednesday at twitch.tv forward slash Deacon Rain. There's a link down below, but it's twitch.tv forward slash D-E-K-O-N-R-E-I-G-H-N. So we do it five till about 10 or 11 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and that's Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. But this Wednesday, we'll be doing the live stream uh, with the watch party. So hope to see you guys there. But I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots! All right, guys. So we decided to pick one of the movies, obviously, like we always do. And we picked Carrie. Of from course. 1976. We figured, you know. Classic. Classic. Classic movie. Deserves a classic beverage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about beverage. <laughs> beverage sounds more delicious. We don't right. know how this is going to taste, guys. I'm nervous. So we're doing it in the fashion of a Bloody Mary, only we're calling this one. Can you guess it? A Bloody Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> so what is in a bloody carry well it's actually pretty simple you're going to pour this into a mixer so you're going to have two shots this is uh, made for two shots just cut the ingredients in half and you have basically a single shot if you want but since we do two uh, we poured in an ounce and a half of vodka into the mixer we did two dashes of worcestershire sauce two dashes of lime and get this we didn't have V8. <laughs> so we got creative here, and I think it might be good. Well, we're going to find out here. If you guys have never been to the grocery store and checked out in the in the taco seasonings and aisles and stuff like that, like, isn't it? Mm, it's Where is it the, at? It's in the tomato aisle. The in can, the tomato aisle. Canned okay. tomato, because it's tomato sauce. You guys, if you like spicy kind of... Uh, I don't know. When, I don't want to say it's like uh, spaghetti sauce or anything like that. It's it's a salsa, but it's like kind of done in the way of like spaghetti sauce. <laughs> but it's called El Pato. So we decided to use El Pato and they come in these little cans with a little duck and it's fucking delicious. I literally can drink these things by themselves. So I have no shame here. <laughs> so ounce and a half of vodka in the in the mixer, two dashes of Worcestershire, two dashes of lime and about a half ounce to an ounce of El Pato sauce. You shake that bitch up. You might want to put ice in it. Depends how you like to drink it. And then pour it out and you should have two shots. So. It smells disgusting. It's going to be great. It's going to be strong. All right. Plug it up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, after all this political season, I'm going to need this drink anyway, right? These are godless times. I'll drink to that, Christina. <laughs> Plug it up. <sighs> Woo! No. Here. I think it tastes good. Oh my god, it's disgusting. It's spicy as fuck. But I mean, she did burn down a high school, so I mean... <laughs> so it should be kind of hot, right? <laughs> I think it's great, man. I love vodka and hot, like, spicy stuff. I think that tastes like yeah. fucking awesome. I don't like vodka, or I don't, <laughs> I don't like hot, spicy. It burns in my chest. Just drink some of that pearl, that fucking pineapple, fucking Fanta. Wash good. it down. <laughs> Gosh, that stuff's so nasty for you. I'm gonna poop yellow. 
Anyway, guys, so if you would like to try a Bloody Carry, all you got to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shots section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys, so now we're going to do our final week of Voidtober, and uh, we hope you guys have enjoyed hanging out with us and doing some of these movies that we picked. There are a lot of older ones. We'll be doing a lot more newer ones, too, so I just wanted to try to keep it to some of the classics, I guess, or some weird ones, too, but... Mm-hmm. Let's finish it off with Carrie from 1976 and Phenomena from 1985. That's right. We're going to go ahead and do that for our flesh and potatoes. Right. All right, guys, so we are back, and we're going to jump into our chronological order, of course, which is Carrie. I did the work on that one. Came out in 1976. The story is Carrie White, a shy, friendless teenager girl who is sheltered by her domineering religious mother, unleashes her mind powers after being humiliated by her classmates at her senior prom. Tagline, you were warned never to push Carrie to the limits. Now you must face the evil consequences. There was like 12. That was the only one I picked. So. Well, it makes sense. <laughs> I usually, yeah, I usually just pick the best one. Right. This movie is directed by Brian De Palma. He did the movies The Untouchables, Femme Fatale, Dressed to Kill, Phantom of the Paradise, The Fury, Raising Cain, Snake Eyes, Mission to Mars, and many more. A lot of good movies right there. Yeah, there's some pretty big ones. The screenplay, which was, you know, of course, obviously based off the novel of Stephen King, which I don't need to go into what he's Who done. Who is that? I don't know. Some <laughs> random dude, I guess. Stephen sounds stupid, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love you. He's got my last name. Come on. I got to like the guy. Are you related? No. <laughs> Not related, but uh, by heart. Oh, okay. By spirit. That makes sense. Uh, the screenplay, though, that they adapted was by Lawrence D. Cohen, who is known for doing a lot of adaptations from the books of Stephen King and other people. He did the Tommyknockers TV miniseries. He did Ghost Story, It, 1990 Part 1 miniseries, South Pacific, and a few more. Not, not that much, really. Mm. The cast in this movie is Sissy Spacek, who plays Carrie. She was obviously in Castle Rock, Bloodline on Netflix, Hot Rod, An American Haunting, The Ring 2, JFK Movie, The Long Walk Home, The Man with Two Brains, The River, and more. I loved her in Castle Rock. Yeah, she was great in that. She was great. Also, we have Piper Laurie, who plays Carrie's mom. She was in Twin Peaks, The Faculty, Dead Like Me TV show, Dario Argento's Trauma, Dream a Little Dream, and Ruby, plus more. Also have Amy Irving, who plays Sue. She was in Traffic, Unsane, Hide and Seek, The Rage Carry 2, Five Will Goes West, The Fury, and more. It also stars William Catt, who plays Tommy. He was in Man from The Man from Earth, The Greatest American Hero TV show, House, House 4, <laughs> the 1995 Piranha movie, Jawbreaker, Mirrors 2, and more. It also has John Travolta, who plays Billy. I'm not going to get into all his movies. You know who he is. I loved him. I got to tell you, I loved him. He was in that O.J. Simpson trial. He played uh, Shapiro. Yeah. He was he was so awesome. He was so good at that. Really? Yeah. Okay. Also, we have Nancy Allen, who plays Chris. She's obviously most famous for her role in RoboCop franchise as Ann Lewis, 
who is RoboCop's partner. Mm-hmm. She was also in Children of the Corn 666, oh, which I'm wanting to do. I want to watch all of those movies. Someday. Uh, we also get her in Poltergeist 3. She plays the ant, I think. She was in The Philadelphia Experiment, Strange Invaders, 1941, Dogma, Terror in the Isles, and more. Betty Buckley's also in this movie, and she plays Miss Collins. This was her first film, actually, and she's been in Split, The Happening, Preacher TV Show, Oz TV Show, Wyatt Earp, and more. Also stars PJ Souls, who obviously is the red hat girl in the movie, who's kind of a bitch, but kind of a fun bitch, I guess. (laughs) She's obviously been in Halloween, where she's gotten a lot of notoriety from. Stripes, The Devil's Rejects, Hanukkah, Candy Corn. She even had a small teacher role in the 2018 Halloween movie, too. Hmm. Um, she also did Alone in the Dark 2, The Tooth Fairy, Mirror Mirror 4, which is not saying a lot. Uh, <laughs> that, that series is nuts. Uh, Uncle Sam, Alienator, Rock and Roll High School, The Possessed, and so many more. Also has Priscilla Pointer, who plays Mrs. Snell. She was in Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Dream Warriors, Blue Velvet, Twilight Zone the movie, Chud 2, From the Hip, City Angels, and The Rage Carry 2. So they got a bunch of people from The Rage, uh, from oh, okay. Carry 2, from that movie. I yeah. think that's kind of cool. I'm glad they did that. Yeah. It also stars, not a really big role in this movie, but I wanted to point her out. Her name is Edie McClurg. She's Helen. She's the the bigger girl with the glasses in the movie that uh, she was like 27 in this movie when it came out. (laughs) And she's playing a 16, 17 year old, (laughs) which a lot of the actresses were older Uh (laughs) and they played younger kids. Crazy. Um, She was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. She was like, they think he's a righteous dude. (laughs) You called that out when we were watching it, too. Race! Race! Uh, she was also in Planes and Trains and Automobiles, Wreck-It Ralph. She's done a ton of voice work, actually. Mm-hmm. Some Scooby-Doo stuff. She was in Cheech and Chong's next movie, Back to School. She played Bonnie Brindle on Small Wonder. She even played Mallory's mom in Natural Born Killers. Oh, oh yeah. yeah she's been a lot of stuff. She's mm-hmm. not really the, the main central right. you know, acting role, but she's always really good in her roles. She's always that, that actress who's like, I know that face. Dude, she's so funny in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. Those two are just great. I mm-hmm. love her in that. The budget on this movie was $1.8 million, and the box office made about $33.8 million. In the United States and Canada alone. Wow. So it was a huge, huge success. Mm -hmm. Christina, I know this isn't your first time seeing this. No, but I haven't seen it in a very long time. What'd you think? Well, it's a classic. A lot of references, you know, towards the movie. But rewatching it again, I, I, I guess i just took it a little bit differently i mean it was still good don't get me wrong but for 40 like 40 plus years old it still holds up yeah you really feel for the characters like all of them sure like even the 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 main bully chick you feel for them what do you mean feel bad for them yeah you kind of feel bad for them there's a lot of like blurring the line of what's who's good or bad in this movie yeah there really there really is so you get confused and you understand why carrie gets kind of confused okay um but you absolutely hate, like, the bad ones, like, towards the end. Mm-hmm. So they get what's coming to them. But anyway, like, as a middle-aged woman, I didn't really enjoy seeing the teenage girls, like, nude in the locker room. <laughs> okay. I, you know what I mean? I mean, that's everybody's favorite part, though. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I don't know. I just... There was a lot of attention to nudity in this in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, there really was. And and it kind of It's kind of off-putting now, because now that you, or you're older and you think about it, you're like, those are supposed to be kids. Yeah, but that's 70s, 80s style right there. Yeah, that's true. You know, I'm not saying that it's... It's, it's yeah. not a it's not a thing that they like to do these days as much, but right. it back was a then. thing back then. And partially why is because exploitation films were booked with mm-hmm. horror films back in the day. They'd be a double feature. Right. And you would watch those at those movies. They weren't at the mainstream theaters. You had to watch them at the exploitation films place. Right. And that's why they would put them together in a way nudity and horror go together. Right. I'm not Messed trying to up. defend it. I'm just saying that's, that's a huge part. I know we're just part. explaining why. Sure. Because it's still, it, I was still like, I was trying to think of the remake too. I don't think they did anything like that. But anyway, um, I do, watching it again, since I hadn't seen it in a long time, I did want more at the prom doesn't matter if I spoil anything if you haven't seen it. But, like, at the prom, when they were uh, being announced king and queen, mm-hmm. like, that scene was, like, five minutes long. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I was like, that is fucking nuts. And then when crazy shit started happening, it just, like, happened like that, and it it wasn't as long. Do you know that they only took 36 tykes on that whole thing? Really? Yep. Wow. 36 crazy. takes. Well, they fucking stretch that shit out. Yeah, Jesus well, you got Christ. that many actors in one room. You got to fucking make it work. Right. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. Right. But, you know, of course, I'll watch this movie again someday. I like this movie. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Really? Okay. Yeah, because, you know, it's cla- everybody knows the story. Sure. Well, then not everybody's seen it, though. That's true. I, I, I'm just going to point out, too, because I remember talking to my nephew. One of my nephews is 14. And he likes the remake better than the original. Well, there is some things in the book that they didn't put into this movie that they did in the remakes. Oh, okay. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. And what about you, Alex? Well, this is honestly a classic tale that's been borrowed from, you know, a million times. Like, so many different, like, teen dramas to, you know, borrow this formula. Like the beginning of the movie, the first two thirds of the movie, for right. the most part. I'm not saying the psychokinetic powers and all that other shit, but the the, the basis of a, a girl getting picked on, or a guy being picked on, or whatever, and then getting his revenge in some way, or coming up and being cool. It's the basic it's high school. It's the what everybody goes through in high school too. Yeah, it's it's a classic cautionary tale of picking on the quiet kid because you never know, mm-hmm. and that even plays today because we've had movies where they like you know, or just like real life events where they shoot up the school right crazy shit like that so it's not too far from that if you think about it right um re-watching this was actually a really good treat for me i really enjoyed watching it and it and it really spends a lot of its time building to make the character snap mm-hmm. so when we get to that that part it really has the impact so that not only do you feel bad for the main character but you also feel horrified by her at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of conflicting a little bit. Like, definitely you're like, well, they pushed her to this limit. But in the same regard, she doesn't have any concern for anybody else right. after that. Right. But, you know, you, how easy is it to turn someone crazy when you do shit like that all the time? Exactly. I, I think it's an interesting dynamic with the overtly religious mother in the film, too. I thought that was a nice... I, I like that in the story, in particular, from the novel as well. I think mm-hmm. it's a good thing. She's so overdone, but she's so well acted by Piper Laurie. Right. Like, you hate her. Right. But the, the thing the, the thing that's really conflicting is that you hate her, and you have to admit in some small way she was also right, too. 
Right. Which is like, goes against your every fiber. Right. Because how crazy she is. Clearly, Sissy Spacek is amazing in the film. You can just tell how amazing she does in those tender parts of the film. That's where she really shines. And I think as an actress, that's why she kind of shied away from the horror for for most of her career. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that she was shy of it, but I just mean like she is a good, tender actress that is. She's a pretty girl that she knows how to do those subtle Right. Subtle moments that nuance things that you would do as an actress. And I think that's what she wanted. That's where she was really good. I mean, she does good at being crazy and wild eyed and everything like that. But I think where her acting really excels is her torment and her, you know, shining through those moments. Do you know what I mean? Right. And being, you know, trying to be a good person. Right. Because you clearly feel bad for her. But, you know, I will say that even though I enjoyed watching this film again, it is feels a little dated. It's still a classic that has aged a little, you know? Mm-hmm. It's got some great performances, though, some questionable scenes that you probably won't get these days like we talked about. And obviously, it comes from a different time in history. So even still, it has some of the best female performances in one movie from at least the two, you know, from her and her mom. Mm-hmm. Like, those performances together were really good. Very believable. It, it really was. Even if her mom is so over the top, mm-hmm. you know? Because there was a lot of people that felt like her performance was too over the top. Really? Yeah. Even the actress that played her, Piper Laurie. Uh-huh. She thought it was a comedy. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but yeah. It's got, she got, there was two nominations for, for an Oscar. So one was for Sissy Spacek for leading and then supporting role for Piper Laurie. So uh-huh. they both almost got Oscars. And that's pretty unheard of. Right. <laughs> so. Right. I think that's saying something, you know, at least, you know, yeah. like that, that, that these niche little horror exploitation films actually got the attention of the hoity toities. Right. But it's, it's not like a horror film these days. It does take its time to really break open the horror and it forces you to be punished like Carrie mm-hmm. is in the movie to help you kind of realize the full scope of everything that she goes through until that moment she pops. And, uh, I don't mean literally there. <laughs> That would be funny. That was just a movie. She just pops. (laughs) But of course, I'll give this a rewatch anytime I can, but it's not something I pull off the shelf all the time. Right. Um, So I am kind of like, I get why you give it a seven. I just would feel bad about not giving it at least an eight. Oh, okay. I think it's a good movie. Right. It's from a different time. It takes its time to really bring out the characters and they do show the telekinetic stuff right off the bat. Right. So it's not like it's not packed with a little bit of treats here and there. Right. So, but yeah, time has not been the greatest to it, but it's still a classic in my book. If you haven't seen it, you really should watch it regardless if you think it's a nine, 10 or a two. I I think you would, you need to watch it. Mm -hmm. This is Stephen King's first book. Come on. Right. At least, you know, for his, that reason. Yeah, yeah, at least for that reason. Give yourself some culture, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But what do you guys think? I would love to hear what you guys think of this movie. I mean, has it aged uh, well for you and you still think it's great and I'm wrong? I don't mind. Uh, do you not like it so much and you think it's overrated? I mean, I would assume a lot of younger people probably wouldn't like this as much. Right. Now. You right. know, because it just feels like stiff acting, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's not real relatable in that sense, but the story's cool. Right. Even if there's a lot of people getting slapped in it for no reason, <laughs> <laughs> which is in the book too, by the way, just FYI. <laughs> Even the teacher's hit. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So 
But we do have some trivia on this. And, uh, of course, if you haven't seen the movie, we don't want to spoil this for you. So you could watch it on Prime right now if you want to. Uh, you can watch it on there if you have a subscription, of course. I'm sure you can rent it, too. Right. I think it's worth a rent. Right. Especially to get, you know, cultured. <laughs> you can, of course, use the timestamps down below to skip to the next spoiler-free movie that we talk about, which is Phenomena from 1985. But if you don't want anything spoiled for Carrie, here's your warning. So, this movie was shot in 50 days. That's a lot. That's quick. No, it's not. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Most movies are shot in Sorry. 21 days now. Oh, yeah, that's true. Not big budget movies necessarily, but they don't, you know, they did a lot of stuff in camera on this, so it's not like CGI and they have to sit it off and get a, do all this stuff. But yeah, right. most movies are not shot in 50 days. Oh, okay. <laughs> not I, even back then. I don't know. <laughs> so it took a long time for them to shoot this movie there is obviously a remake of this movie it was a, there's a tv movie there's like a reboot and then there's like the sequel it's a lot rage yeah rage the carry two sequel yeah which pretty much just does the same beats as the original i don't remember and as i mentioned there was like in the book they had like carry blowing up like gas stations and shit like that and they didn't have the money in this movie to do it, so they just cut it out. Mm -hmm. The car scene's in there. That happens, you know? Right. Sue, like, runs out and tries to help Carrie. She, like, dies in a field, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And then they have, like, all these, like, articles and stuff that are done after in the last chapter of the book. I kind of thumbed through it today because we have all those King books. Yeah, we got that. <laughs> I was like, might as well take a look, you know? <laughs> um, but Stephen King actually got the idea while he worked at an industrial laundromat. So, like, one of the re the religious mom in the movie that Lori uh, Piper Laurie played. <gasps> Is that on a true lady? Was someone that he worked with, I guess. You know, there's a lot of people like that out there. I would assume. I, I don't know. But that's, he said that was one example. He used to work for that place for $1.60 an hour. <laughs> so, if you can that's imagine. That's nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. Not all the characters are from the laundromat that he worked at. The, we're talking about an industrial one. So, the big ones. Right, right. He said that Carrie is based on a like two different girls that he uh, had observed while attending grade school and high school. One of them, he recalled, she was a very peculiar girl who came from a very peculiar family. Her mother wasn't a religious nut like the mother and Carrie. She was a game nut, a sweepstakes nut who subscribed to magazines for people who entered contests. And the girl had one change of clothes for the entire school year and all the other kids made fun of her for it. Wow. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. That's sad. You feel bad for her because it's not really her fault. Yeah, exactly. Also, Stephen King was paid $2,500 for this movie to be made. Wow. <laughs> well, it got his name out there, though. I right. Mean, you know? I mean, but ultimately, like, they made money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, he should have gotten paid, like... A million bucks. Well, I'm sure eventually he did. They should have given him, like, well, maybe he did get the rights. I don't know. I yeah. don't know about that. But he said he took $2,500 for the movie, which he said seems little, but, you know, it was his first book. And the fact that they were making a movie based off his first book really hammered home the point that he was actually good. Right. And it, and it built his career. Mm -hmm. So he even, he even liked the movie, too. He thought the ending for the movie was better than his book. It was pretty good. It's different, you know, yeah. but yeah, he liked that. I got like Nightmare on Elm Street vibes from. I got Poltergeist, really, like the, like the house caving in on itself and oh, stuff. Yeah, that there was too. supposed to be like in the beginning of the movie, the you see like pebbles or something falling on the ground, 
Mm-hmm. And there were supposed to be boulders that came and crushed the house oh, at okay. the very end, but they didn't have enough money to do it. Mm-hmm. So Stephen King was also reluctant to send Carrie to the publisher when he actually wrote it too, because it sounded to him the least marketable of all his manuscripts of the time. <laughs> Which is funny because he did the same thing with Pet Cemetery that he shoved in a drawer. That's right. And it became hugely popular. Right. So it's funny, as an artist, you may think everything that you do is shit. Right. And it's fucking gold to other people. Right. You know, you just don't know. And that's why you got to put it out there. Right. But, you know, it was, The Exorcist was super popular. Rosemary's Baby, obviously, before that. So the novel came as a sleeper success. And Mm -hmm. to this day, King doesn't even know what happened, would have happened to his marriage. And sanity if Carrie had been rejected. Oh, is wow. what he says. So, like, as a book. Right, right. Wow. But Sissy Spacek, she really worked hard for this role. Mm-hmm. Like, she surrounded herself with fucking, like, church paraphernalia and, like, Jesus stuff. Wow. Listened to all this stuff and, like, surrounded herself with it all the time so that she could really develop the character that she was in. She mm-hmm. also did not hang out with anyone on the set. She kept herself completely separate from everyone. That's smart. And she told everyone that was like, why, though? And then when she was like, well, we'll have a really good time afterwards when we hang out. Mm-hmm. When we're done this movie. Right. But I need to do this. Yeah, because you have to be secluded to get in that mindset, I'm sure. Right. Fun fact, by the way, Linda Blair was going to try out for this role, but turned it down because she didn't want to be typecast, <laughs> which I'm sure Sissy Spacek also did, too. Right. She probably turned down many roles of, like, horror stuff. So weird. Well, I guess back then it was like a bottom of the barrel thing, right? No, I think back then maybe she was just more interested in trying to do more serious, like you know, like like I feel like Sissy Spacek is really good at like drama, right? So I mean, she's like you know, things have changed now with horror, you know? Oh yeah, completely. That's yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Way more open, but there's still a stigma around it. Yeah, and I'm sure there was back then. Right. So I don't know if you noticed this, but the name of the high school was Bates High. Bates Motel. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, it's from that. that. They even play the the four note violin theme from Psycho. Oh, that's used in the film supposedly. Oh, that's a little hidden Easter egg. I saw it immediately when I saw the school. I was like, ah, I was like, I wonder. And, and then uh, you looked it up. Yeah, I found out. <laughs> <laughs> the house that Carrie stays in, the White House with her mom and everything, and she has that little statue in there. Do you know what right. that is? Of Jesus? No, it's not Jesus. Oh, what is that? That's a that's what everybody thinks it is, but it's actually represents Saint Sebastian. Oh. So it's not a crucifix and it does not represent Jesus Christ. But he was a saint that basically that, you know, some people also prayed to as well because many people had saints that they right. prayed to as well. So the Catholics have yeah. Right. And so that was just like a weird thing. It like had glowing eyes in the closet, like which I thought was weird. Mm-hmm. They also uh there's a lot of movies that have used Saint Sebastian in their films. Um, but one of them that's a Giallo horror film called The House with Laughing Windows. So thought it'd be I thought that was kind of interesting to point out. That is interesting. There's a lot of trivia on Carrie, by the way, guys. Like literally, we can make an hour and a half episode based on just Carrie trivia alone. Right. Like that's how popular this movie is. Right. So I just picked stuff that I thought was interesting and kind of put a cap on it at some point. So Brian De Palma wanted Betty Buckley to really slap Nancy Allen, which plays Chris in the movie, mm-hmm. in the face, because Allen couldn't get the reaction De Palma wanted. And Buckley ended up slapping her as many as 30 times. 
Wow. This is what a lot of people theorize might play into the whole Brian De Palma's misogynistic <gasps> asshole. I see. Right. Now, wow. I'm not saying anything, but this is just part of the history. This is just part of the whole fucking thing. Him and uh, Steven Spielberg were friends and buddies, and he would tell him to come on the set, and he did, actually, a lot of times. Uh-huh. And he would be like, hey, buddy, you should come on over. There's a lot of hot girls over here you should talk to. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, Steven Spielberg had come over many times, and I think he married one of the girls on this set. Oh, really? On yeah. this set? They had a kid together. Oh, okay. They were only together for four years, but it's a Hollywood relationship, so go figure. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Not really the most uh, strong foundations. (laughs) Right. No offense, but... um, But that, you know, that's another thing that plays into it as well. Right. Um, At the end of the movie, or when, when the whole fucking high school goes up in flames and everything like that, there was a scene where the fire hose... Right. Kills PJ Soul's character, the one with the red hat. Uh-huh. And she gets thrown into a fucking table or whatever the right. fuck it is. Supposedly, the water pressure actually burst her eardrums. <gasps> oh, that's not good. Yeah. And Soul's is not actually unconscious when her head rolls to the side from the force of the <gasps> fire hose. But she's in terrible pain. God, I bet. And she lost her ability to maintain her equilibrium. Oh, no. Because of that. And Brian De Palma decided to keep the shot in. Souls had pretty much no hearing in her right, I think, her whatever ear it was, for about six months afterwards. I hope they paid for medical bills. I would assume, but you never know you in never the 70s. Know. Yeah. <laughs> so, especially then. But it did eventually heal, so she's okay now. That's good. Yeah. That's I didn't crazy. look any deeper into it, guys, so I don't know how she felt about it. Probably try. I tried a little bit, but... I'm surprised they haven't done, like... Well, I don't want to say a reunion, but, like, a they come back to the actresses to talk about the movie. I'm sure they have. I just there's just oh. so much information out there. I'm yeah, not going to be able true. to find it through that. I would have to right. watch literally 24 hours of fucking stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she probably talks about it in the extras on one of the discs somewhere, but our disc did not have any extras. So. Yeah, we have a weird disc. Yeah, it's one of those budget ones. Oh, Halloween, um, Halloween special. Yeah, right. But we do have some scenes that we want to talk about in this movie that we liked or did not like or, you know, any of the spoiler stuff that we would like to talk about. So, Christina, do you want to kick it off with something that you thought of right off the bat, maybe? Right off the bat, she gets her period in the shower and she starts freaking out because there's blood all over <laughs> her hands. And then she... You like know, she's dying? After that 10-minute nudity scene in the locker room. And, of the and, shampoo or the, the soaping up? Yeah, her soaping up herself. And then uh, she has the blood on her hands, and she's, like, screaming at the other girls, and then they start making fun of her, and then they start throwing tampons and maxi pads <laughs> at her. Somebody told her to plug it up. That's pretty <laughs> fucked up, actually. It is fucked up, but it was kind of silly. Well, you know, it's funny that the uh, Brian De Palma told her that she was like, how am I supposed to react? Mm-hmm. He said, like, you've been hit by a Mack truck. Right. She did act like that. She, <laughs> she did she, good. Yeah, she did really good. She was crazy. She, she I thought she thought she was dying. Like, she was bleeding. She death. plays the wounded uh, girl pretty well mm-hmm. in that. Um, that innocence. She's got a really good thing. range. Let's just put it that way. Because yeah. she does like super innocent. She does super fucked up and like destroyed and shy and then kind of like confident. And right. she did it all, man. She does it all in this movie. Right. So you have to give her credit on that. Like, in the very beginning, too, we even get introduced to her mom who locks her in the fucking closet for doing nothing. (laughs) 
for having a period at school. Like, what a bitch. Yeah, what the fuck? Could like, she imagine? doesn't even want to talk to her about it because her mom sinned. Mm-hmm. And it reminds her of the sin that she caused, which was Carrie. And that's why she's so resentful right. towards Carrie is that she let her husband fuck or her boyfriend have sex with her out of wedlock and she enjoyed it. So now she's punishing herself. And, and her child. And Carrie for yeah. it. Like, so what stupid. a bitch, dude. Yeah, totally. I also like the little bits of uh, them showing Carrie's uh, telekinetic power, her mind powers. Yeah, her what? Mind powers? Because <laughs> I loved it when she was walking home and that guy on the bike, that kid on the bike, like, rolls out in front of her and he, all of a sudden he gets pushed off the bike, like, by thinner. That's Brian De Palma's son, by the way. Oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> he got a little bit part in there. Yeah, you feel good about that one, though. Yeah. You know? She's like, no, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) The girls in the gym, they have to work out for detention because they get gym detention for doing that shit to Carrie. Uh Uh-huh. And the gym teacher, like, makes them do, like, push-ups, sit-ups and stuff for 50 minutes a day for a week. And they're pissed. And they're like, look, at first, I was going to tell you, she she tells all the girls to line up. And she's like, who are you going to prom with? And then they all say their boys proudly that they're going to tank. And these are all the popular girls, right? And they all say their names. And she's like, well, guess what? My idea was to make you so that you couldn't go to the prom. But they decided that you need to do detention for 50 minutes a day for a week. And they were like, oh what whatever (laughs) and they're like no it's gym detention too so that means you're going to be doing i'm going to make you work Mm -hmm. and they go out and work and she said if you if you don't do it then you won't be able to go to the prom Mm -hmm. period you will be not allowed to go to the prom if you don't complete the detention and then chris starts being a bitch yeah chris is mouthing off she's like i'm leaving early i don't care what you're not going to make me do anything because she's the fucking you know shit technically she would have been the prom queen or something like Right. And we all know somebody like her. I'm telling you. Yeah, of course. But she thought she was uh, in line. And dude, the fucking teacher slaps the shit out of her. She really did. I was like, oof, I don't think you'd get away with that shit uh, nowadays. Right. That's what I thought. I was like, damn. I was like, that teacher's going to get sued. Yeah, she would get <laughs> fired instantly. Oh, yeah. But back then, you know. They didn't have cameras. <laughs> no, I don't think it was that. I think it was not just that they didn't have cameras. It was like it was. That's you respected what, That's what teacher. your parents did when you fucking talked up back those days. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Even when I was like that young, you, oh, would, yeah. ne- you would never talk to your fucking. Oh, no way. You get the shit kicked out of you. Right. I did. <laughs> I got the fucking belt. Yeah, they would lock me in a closet for days on end and just bang on it and scream like there's (laughs) monsters outside. Did you have to pray to St. whatever? (laughs) Yeah, St. Sebastian. Sebastian. Did you say Baskin? I said Baskin. (laughs) Yeah, it was St. Sebastian. I had to think about it there for a second. Not only does the teacher slap her, (laughs) but then her boyfriend, Billy, slaps her like two or three more times in the movie. No, not just there, but like two in the car and like one later. That's right. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And I went and looked in the book and she actually does get slapped a lot (laughs) in the book, too. Yeah. So, but I was like, Jesus, slapping is like pretty cool in this movie, huh? (laughs) It was funny seeing John Travolta as her boyfriend. He was the youngest of the cast. It's crazy. Do you know that, guys? Like, he was 22 years old when he did this movie. Jeez. <laughs> 22. Everybody else was older than him. Even did, his girlfriend was older than him. Did you notice his uh his name is on the cover with Sissy Spacek? <clears throat> I'm like, he wasn't in, even barely even in the movie. Yeah, like, but they probably added it later. Because uh, he's more notable. At the time, I'm sure he wasn't on the top bill. Right. 
but he did that Boy in the Bubble movie, which was really popular for him. Oh yeah. Plus Saturday Night Fever, mm-hmm. all that shit. But yeah, I think that might have been afterwards. I don't. I don't. Know. I don't know. Fucking seventies. This is the weird thing, though. The, don't you think it's a little weird that okay, so all these girls get in trouble, they get detention, and then the one girl is like feels bad for it, or they kind of play with that a little bit to make you think, oh, is she really? Is she trying to set up Carrie because they've set her up so many times in the past? Is she the good or bad person? But like. Mm-hmm. You asking your boyfriend to hook up with another girl, take her to prom is kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Is it not? I think it is. But I I mean, I understand why she was doing it. She was trying to help Carrie. But I think they went about it in like a malicious way. Uh, Like, no, she was definitely trying to help her because you find out by the end that she was never involved in all of it. But it it really doesn't. Shit like that doesn't help people. Yeah, I gotta be honest about it. Yeah, like she's not stupid. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know. It just seemed kind of weird to me. It's kind of loose logic, but in the same regard, it's kind of sweet. And and they do sort of play with her character because you don't even know until they're about to pull the fucking bucket on her head. Right. That she has nothing to do with it. Right. Even when she's sitting down with her family, they make you see that she's given her family a kiss to make her seem like she's a sweet girl and then make you wonder, oh, is she really a bitch? Right. You know what I mean? Like, is she really a part of this? But then you find out she's not. And then, of course, the teacher thinks she is. Well, that's another thing. It's a good little. Yeah, um, that's a nice little thing. But yeah, yeah, which she dies for. Right. And she was the nicest to Carrie. Yeah. And she just splits her in half pretty much. Right. But when you're in a state like that, I mean, I would have assumed to. I just think it's weird. Like, oh, I'm going to have my boyfriend go on the date with you? Like, I don't know. That's weird. And then he kind of liked her, too. Yeah. After he got to know her, of course. He kissed her. Yeah. Well, he was trying to be sweet to her, too, because you could tell, you know, she's not all there. Right. I don't know. She's been sheltered, you know? And then he asked her to prom, like, of course, you know, this is back and forth with them. And then she tells her mom and she's like, I'm going to prom with Tommy. And uh, she scares her mom with her mind powers. <laughs> and her mom's oh. like, "It work. it's the work of Satan. And she's like, I don't care, mom. I'm going anyway. <laughs> yeah. And she like, she's like confident all of a sudden. Like a little bit of confidence went a long way with her. Right. Just think a little bit of confidence can make someone into a serial killer well, just also, real quick. <laughs> well, also when she went to the library and she started reading about telekinesis and she realizes this, she has this thing, she mm. has this power that she could use and she's reading how to use it. I'm sure that gave her a little bit of self-confidence as well. Right. There was that scene with, um, what's his name too, where John Travolta, where he's getting head from Chris. Oh my god! And she's so talking weird. while giving him head. Yes, yes. I mentioned that. I was like, "Can you do? Is that like a trick? What she's is like, that?" She's I, talking. I know. She's like ventriloquism with like blowjobs. <laughs> like, look at the puppet. <laughs> Just kidding. But she was like, "I hate Carrie White so much." And he's like, "Who's Carrie?" He's like, Who? <laughs> <laughs> Ew, don't do the sound effects. Come on. People are people are eating. People might be eating. Oh, have a good lunch, everybody. By the way. <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> but, uh, they actually cut that out in Ireland, that scene. I can, yeah, I can see why. Because it was too much for their board. Right. And, uh, they cut it out so that if you watch that movie in Ireland, you probably didn't see that part. <laughs> I think that's funny. Um, the nudity was fine, but just pretending to give someone a blowjob is well, that's terrible. A, yeah, that's a, that's sexual. Yeah. Nude, <laughs> nude teenage yeah. girls is not sexual. Not a big deal. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, so we find out later, you know, they dump the bucket on her head. And that was a really cool scene. What I really liked about that is that when they dumped it on her, there's silence. Pure fucking silence. Mm-hmm. And like it, they do such an amazing job of building up her demise. It's so important to this part. Mm-hmm. Even after she gets dumped on, you can't hear anything but the swinging bucket. And you can see like the one chick uh, that PJ Souls played laughing and slapping the dude on the chest. Right. And everybody's just like, oh, my God. Right. And you can see that they don't like the way that Sissy Spacek played that character Mm-hmm. And just the tears in her eyes and just hearing that bucket swing back and forth like time was still is mm-hmm. just so fucking good. It really is. And then the bucket drops and hits, hits on his, his head later. Yeah. Yeah. But you could tell before that, too, he was trying to help her because he like didn't know what was going on. He was trying to help her and then he gets knocked out. Yeah. It's like this is her moment. And God. You f- like they just have her walk up and she's like, thank you. Like, she's like, finally, people actually know who I am. I feel special. Mm-hmm. The first time in her life. Mm-hmm. And you pour blood all over her and embarrass her in front of everybody. Right. Like, kind of get what you deserve there. Yeah, I think. Um, And look in her eyes when she does evil, oh. too. Mm-hmm. Just the Those wide-eyed. Old, yeah, big old round eyes. It's like pure fucking evil dude <laughs> she even kills her gym teacher for christ's sake it's like it was the the straw that broke the fucking camel's back leg mm-hmm. right there she burns that motherfucking school down burn it down <laughs> there's like the teachers get shocked the like principal and the fucking, oh yeah they get electrocuted yeah behind her she, they spray he's or she sprays the hose i'm assuming her date got burned alive too because like they talk about it at the end don't they that yeah he they died. did he died she didn't care about him either. She'd just gone. She'd blood rage. I, I understand when you when you're like not socially adept, and something like that happens, you're gonna think it was everybody. Yeah, everybody was in on it. I mean, he asked her to the prom, you know. Right. It seemed too perfect. Yeah, it really did. To be true, yeah. And the teacher was so um like understanding and wanting her to go and telling her to go yeah she got it's like if you wouldn't have done that then she wouldn't have gone so that's probably why and even when they were sitting at the table before it all happened and she was like why are we on the the voting list like i don't want to i don't want to go up there i don't want to do that and then him talking her into it of course she's gonna think like this is all a setup right well i'm not trying to debate that i'm oh i know i just think that like this is why she had to kill everybody (laughs) (laughs) I, I love that scene on the way home when she's just walking in blood <laughs> and Chris <laughs> oh, and Billy are in their fucking car and she tries to run her over. Like, what right, the fuck? She hates her so much. And Billy is drunk in the passenger seat out of his mind. And he's like, oh, you're going to try to run over her? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? And then they do the spinny thing and it flips and blows up. I think you even see fucking Chris's head roll out the window. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It was a dummy head, but it was right. the, that it was definitely her head. I'm pretty Just so sure. Definitely know she's dead. <laughs> definitely know she got her. Uh, she does her little nooka, nooka, nooka and flips it and sets it on fire. <laughs> I thought it was odd. The cops didn't show up that fast. And then uh, when she got home and she started showering. And she started getting all the blood off of her. But how could they prove that? She oh, she shower, used her she... mind powers? Come on, guys. You're out of your mind. <laughs> she, she didn't shower. She took a bath. Right. Which, again... I'm and like, her mom's what? all creepily hiding behind the door. 
Right. Well, she, because she's ready. She's getting ready to kill her. Well, she lit candles all over the fucking house because she went out without her. And and it was kind of a cool scene before she went to prom. Like, she was, like, forcing her on the bed with her mind mm-hmm. and just holding her down. She's like, you stay there and you shut up until I return. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but then she's standing behind the door talking about how, you know, we've got to pray. we got to pray. And Carrie hugs her to pray with her mom, and then she stabs her in the back, and she mm-hmm. falls down the stairs. I was like, holy Jesus. shit. This is the dysfunctional family right here. And then she crucifies her mom in the doorway of the kitchen in the fucking dining room, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. That was cool. She, it's like, she doesn't really want to do it, but she does it. She like has all the knives and utensils and stuff pinned to the she's, fucking wall. She's so mad, you know? Right. She had rage. In the book, she actually felt really bad about killing her mom. Mm-hmm. I remember. Well, I got that feeling, too, when she took her off the wall. Like, I felt like she felt bad. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, after she does that, she starts caving in the fucking house and catching it on fire <laughs> in on herself. And it's like she hides herself and her mom in the closet and then caves in on her. Mm-hmm. And then they go and burn in hell. It's, like, how the hell is it gone, though? Like, where did it go? Like, how did she do that? If she's dead, she can't keep pushing it into the ground. It might not have been her. It might have been the demons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Sue, you know, the the ending is Sue goes back and is devastated to go lay flowers on the empty lot where the house was. And she lays them down and bam! Carrie's arm comes out grabbing hers. And it's all a dream. Oh, oh, oh. oh. So everybody wanted a sequel based on that, you know, because of that that particular moment. Right. Like, was she dead? But what did they? Did he ever write a sequel? I mean, I don't. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, there is a sequel. Carry the rage. Carry two. Yeah, but it was the same. It wasn't written by the same people or done by the same people or anything. I don't think so. Yeah, but it was still the same, except they're related or something, right? I don't know what it was. It's been so long. I just remember thinking, meh. Right. I forget too. Anyway, psychic powers are cool, but like. I can only take so much. I don't mind doing it. It's a cool, like, camera trick thing that you can do, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's perfect for film. Mm-hmm. Because you can do stuff like that all the time, but... Right. We do have another movie that we're going to talk about, and that is, of course, Phenomena from 1985. And Christina did the work on that. A young girl with an amazing ability to communicate with insects is transferred to an executive Swiss boarding school where her unusual capability might help solve a strange string of murders. Huh. Tagline, when insects attack. <laughs> Makes sense. If you accidentally fall in the water, you're in trouble. Sorry. I don't, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's a song by the kids of Whitney High. Sorry, it's a song I know very well. Anyway, continue on. Okay. This was directed and written by Dario Argento. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Dario Argento movie? You know what it is. Suspiria? Yeah. And he also did Demons. I mean, I haven't, to be fair, I haven't watched his other ones in a long while, so I'd like to watch more, but mm-hmm. Suspiria for sure. Okay. That makes sense. This was also written by Franco Freddy. Mm-hmm. He also wrote The Church from 1989, Demons and Demons 2. Well, he, he was part write. writer because yeah. there was so many different writers on The well, Church. just like this one, he's like part yeah. writer. This movie stars Jennifer Conley, who plays Jennifer. She was, of course, in Requiem for a Dream. She was the one who got butt-fucked. One of the happiest movies I've ever seen. Ever. Should be like, like this is what rock bottom is, kid. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> Watch this at your own experience. <laughs> okay, Drugs okay. will kill you. 
Um, she was also in Dark City, and of course she was in The Labyrinth, which came out like a little while after this film. I always think of her in in Labyrinth and oh, totally. Requiem for a Dream. Always. Yeah, that's, yeah, always. That, and she looks like Sasha Gray, who's like a porn actress. She does movies and porn, apparently. Oh, I don't know. She's been doing it for a long time. She's one of the more popular ones, oh, but good. she looks like Jennifer Connelly. Oh, they look the same. Yeah. Those fucking eyebrows, dude. I swear. <laughs> All right. Also starring Donald Pleasance. Who plays Professor John McGregor? Mm-hmm. He was Doctor Loomis in the Halloween movie. You don't say he is, and he was also in Paganini Horror, yeah, Last Platoon, and Prince of Darkness. He must have been doing a little bit of an Italian run there for a while. Yeah, he must have. I. It's funny because I didn't see Doctor Loomis in him in this movie. He also played a doctor in um, Buried Alive as well. Right. So he's he's played a lot of doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Also starring Daria Nicolodi, mm-hmm. who plays Fra, the uh, school teacher mm-hmm. type person. She was in the movie we watched last week, Shock. Yeah, part two of uh, Beyond the Door. Mm-hmm. And she was also in Opera, Paganini Horror, Deep Red, Inferno. She the- was then the Mother of Tears trilogy of uh, Argento. Okay, and she was in Suspiria as well. Yeah. We talked to, she was the main lady in shock. She was right. the mom. She was the one who cut her throat open. I think she did good in this one a little bit more. I did. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Um, also starring Fiore Argento, mm-hmm. who plays Vera. She was in the beginning of the movie. She was also in Demons. Yeah. She was Hannah in Demons. She was the curly haired girl. I recognized oh, her and I was okay. like, Oh, that's right. Right. And she's also a costume designer. She's been a, a costume designer for she's a lot been of in, these movies. Yeah. She's been in all of her dad's movies and she's been right. in like Syndrome, uh, the Stalin, Stendhal Syndrome, the card player, trauma, just a ton of different stuff. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find a budget on this movie. I don't know why, because it, it seems like it was... Did you look it up on Wiki? Yeah, I tried. I didn't mm. see anything. But uh, first time me, I watched this movie. How about you, Alex? Oh, I've seen this plenty of times. It goes by another name called uh, Creepers in the U.S. That's how I first saw it when I was a kid. Oh. My dad had it on beta <laughs> as Creepers. And uh, it always kind of reminded me of the like popcorn cover for some reason, the movie Popcorn. Mm-hmm. It's not... But it's been a long while, I'll say, since I've actually seen this film. I think we did watch it one time before on the podcast briefly. We didn't talk about it very much. Uh-huh. It was like one of those like of the five or six movies that we watch kind of things. Uh-huh. And this movie, we got to see the fully uncut version, which is an hour and 55 minute cut. Or hour and 55 minutes total, whatever it is, which had moments of Italian and no subs, which made it a little bit of a jarring experience for us. And I remember thinking to myself, like, why wouldn't you include just the subtitle track for that? Yeah, of what they're saying. Somebody didn't get that right, whoever it is. But I know Synapse put out the film on Blu-ray, and I wonder if it's a different experience on the Blu-ray. So if Uh. one of you guys has the Blu-ray, let me know. I'm curious because I want to pick it up. But anyway, there are some great moments in this horror subgenre party film, because, I mean, it has a lot of different subgenres in this film, I believe. you got the supernatural element that Dario Argento liked to bring in Suspiria with that giallo feel. So it was like the hybrid thing there. But it also had like a like a different kind of like serial killer sort of slasher vibe as well as the giallo 
Um, it's different than a giallo because oftentimes giallos have a lot of heavy influence from like police officers and detectives in it. And they're not so heavy in this film. They're present. Oh, yeah. The te- detectives. Right. Yeah. But they don't. They're not as present as in most of the giallos that you would normally find. But it is kind of a, a giallo. So uh, it is a little bit too much of so many different genres, too, because there's just so many. It's very complex. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's a little overly complex, to be honest with you. This is one of, of course, Argento's most personal films. He feels like this is the one that he really admires the most, mm-hmm. which is surprising to me. Um, the fact that one of the characters in this movie is the insect equivalent of Aquaman <laughs> is kind of interesting. Uh-huh. We, you know, only Jennifer Connelly ain't no Jason Momoa. So, you know, she doesn't throw axes or anything in this movie. <laughs> she's, she's just like a super vegan. Yeah. <laughs> you were, you called that too. I totally called that. Um, but she can talk to insects and make them do her bidding. Oh, and she's got sleepwalking issues too, because why not throw that in there as well for some odd reason, which is a really weird choice. In my opinion, it's an interesting way to do a character and kind of have them in and out of a situation without actually having them be a part of the situation. Mm -hmm. But I think it gets a little, little hung up there. Uh, it does have that typical setup for like Argento movies or just Italian film in general, where they take place at a school of girls like Suspiria. I'm not sure if that's an Argento thing or just, it just may be an Italian thing, but either way, it's in there. There are a lot of moving parts in this one to throw you off the scent of what is actually really happening. And to be honest, while it is unique, it is a little too much, I think, for the common viewer. I agree. You know what I mean? So I still enjoy the movie and there is some really cool like parts in the movie. So don't get me wrong. I like this movie. It is Argento. It's not his best work in my opinion, but while it may be interesting and surprising on the surface, it doesn't necessarily make it that it's executed well or coherent and like fluid. Mm-hmm. I can see why they cut up this film a little bit for the U.S. release to edit it down to 82 minutes for some reason. I think that was a little too much. It definitely could be trimmed up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And you could definitely see that some of those parts weren't necessary for the movie to exist in the way that it was. Right. I don't know. This Maybe this is like, I don't remember if I watched the fully uncut version of this or not. So I'm basing this off of the fully uncut. Mm-hmm. And I'm an Argento fan, so like I mentioned, I love Suspiria. We named our cat Suspiria. I named my cat Suspiria. You're right. But this, personally, in my opinion, pales in comparison. The acting is good enough, you know, with Donald Pleasance being the best and Jennifer kind of dialing it in. She was young. I'll give her that. You know, she doesn't really have the chops yet, and she did a way better job in Labyrinth. Right. 100%. She still does a decent enough job in this film. Because mm-hmm. she's good with the insects and she let them crawl all over her and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So you could tell that she was definitely into the role that she was doing. Because nobody wants insects crawling all over them. Sorry. No. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, some people do, but I'm just saying. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Are you dying? The insects need to get all up on you because they need to eat your flesh? No, not that one. Not all. But it's interesting. You know, oh. there is some some uh, gore in this movie, so it does have some pretty cool gore that I do like. And it also involves Window, another staple of Argento films. They're always smashing heads through windows, just like they did in Suspiria. <laughs> A few gross-out moments in the movie as well, and some decent, like, makeup work that they did in the movie. That should be a kind of a nice surprise for you if you haven't seen the movie. 
I, I do enjoy some of the music in this one as well. Like two or three, maybe four songs in the movie that I really liked because you got Goblin, you got Simon Boswell and, you know, many other greats that are in this film, obviously making music. But occasionally they'll play some like Motorhead or fucking Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> And it's, like, in the worst spots possible. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I know that he was just trying to be, like, hip, you know what I mean? But it just felt out of place, didn't it? Yes. I don't know. Just made that another part of the jarring experience that I got for the extra 30 minutes we got for this movie. <laughs> it's it's not high on the list of rewatch, but it is better than average. And the pacing is a little slower with the additional footage. I still do want to own this one at some point, like I mentioned, but I'd probably give this movie like a six. And I think that's being more than fair. Uh, there are some cool things, cool scenes that I like in it. I love the very beginning of the film with the music that happens right there. Uh -huh. I thought that was amazing. I was like really into that. We got the Hannah girl who's like, right. The girl that was in demons. Right. Where she's, she's like, like lost. She's right. Like I love all of that. That was great. That was all great shit there. But the movie just kind of breaks up a lot. Right. So I don't know. If you like Italian horror films and you want to see ones that are really popular in America, this is one of those films that you could see. And that's probably why Argento likes this movie is because it did so well. Mm -hmm. You know, other than some of the personal stuff that he has attached in this. And we'll talk about that in the trivia. Oh, okay. But what about you? What do you think of this movie? Fuck, this movie was so boring. It's confusing. It was all, like you said, it was all over the place. There was a wide array of music that didn't make any sense. They didn't all fit together, no. No. But there is good stuff. Did you like some of the music? Well, I liked it, but not in the scenes that they were doing. I don't mean the like rock songs. I mean like the, the score music. Oh, yeah. In some places. But again, it was so different. It made it seem like a different movie in the scenes. Yeah, it was weird. It Click threw me with off. Me. Yeah, exactly. And it the story was confusing. She's sleepwalking. So she's having visions or fucking a dream or something, and you think it's really happening. They weren't clear on, like, it was a vision. Right. So they go to the next day, and that person's still alive, and you're like, what the fuck? Well, I don't know if it was the same person. It might have been a different girl. No, it was a roommate. There is a lot of logic-breaking shit in this, though. Yeah, it, yeah it didn't, I didn't like the insect thing. I thought that was silly. Okay. That she could control the insects. I think it was like... Her bidding. It was almost like they put three different movies into a movie. The, yeah, I, I agree. And while I, technically that's a feat, it doesn't really translate well, I think, as mm -hmm. a story. Right. Even like there was supposed to be a twist at the end, but it wasn't There was like really, several twists yeah, in this movie. Yeah, it, it was... Ugh. It was slow. The whole no subtitles with the whatever those added scenes. I guess I'm the guessing Italian they moments. were like those adding, are the cut moments that yeah. just added to the confusion for me. So I didn't really enjoy it. Yeah, just be prepared much. for that if you watch this on Prime, by the way, guys, because it, it is a little jarring. You'll be like, wait, what? What did right. she say? <laughs> <laughs> but I gave it a four out of ten. I'll never watch this again. What did you think just of Jennifer Connelly's performance in it, though? She was okay. Right. Okay. It's, I think they were trying to make her a strong character, but it was weird. What did you think of the gore? It was okay. I liked the pool at the end. That was oh, nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was gross. Yeah, but I mean, again, it was just like, meh, you know, meh, meh, meh. Really? Yeah. What did you think of the performance from the lady from the second movie of uh, the Beyond the Door? Did you, you you said that you liked her better in this movie. I did like her better in this. She because she was more crazy. It was more. She does a good job. Straightforward. Yeah. 
I can see why they picked her for it. Oh yeah, totally. And she's got, and she could definitely see she got her, she got better at acting. Yeah, because we were, yeah, because it was shock was in seventy seven, and it was like you know eight years later, (laughs) seven years later, whatever. She looks different in this one too, which I guess you know. Did you think it was at all creepy or not really at any point? Um, I don't think so. I don't remember. I don't, I didn't write it, anything like that down. I just, it's hard for me to score this because like, I remember it differently now, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's because of the uncut version. Right. And it may have flowed better when I watched the other version. Which is probably why they cut it. You might be right. Uncut doesn't always make it better. better. Although, didn't we watch uh, an uncut movie I'll recently? tell you what. A lot of people don't like the Dawn of the Dead uncut, like, long version, like, the unedited version or whatever it is. But I watch it because I love Dawn of the Dead. Right. And so I want to see every aspect of fucking story element in there. So if someone's well, a fan, I'm sure. If someone's a fan, but if it's your first time watching this movie. Right. I, I think it's it, going to be a hard watch. It, yeah, it was hard. Yeah. It was confusing. I think that's my biggest point on this movie. It was just fucking confusing. Yeah, I understand completely. I understand. So what do you guys think? Have you seen this movie? Do you think we're being too tough on it? Do you think we're not being tough enough? There are some really cool things that are in this movie that I really like that he did well. Like Argento did really well. Like I said, in the very beginning of the movie was amazing. Mm -hmm. That feel of her being chased and all this other stuff going on was like perfectly paced, perfectly done. The music was perfect and set to it. It like fit. Like I feel like this was just kind of thrown together in some regards. You know, right. f- felt incomplete. Right. So, but yeah, let us know what you guys think. I would love to hear from you. Uh, we are going to get into our spoilers and trivia. So if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. All right. So then this film was actually inspired to, uh, Dario Jenner was inspired by this film after he learned that insects are sometimes used during murder investigations. The fly. Remember? Oh, the, for real? Mm-hmm. Remember the one that he was talking about, that Donald Pleasance oh, was talking about in the movie? In the beginning, yeah. That is 100% true. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. I, I can see. I mean, I, I think it's an interesting concept that someone can be communicating with insects in some regard. I think that's kind of an interesting thing. I think that right. makes it. I feel like it would be better if they would have treated her as like a killer. Right. Rather than some innocent standby, you mm-hmm. know, like that she was picked on and she got the carry vibe. And then. Right. Do you know what I mean? Or right. like killed people by insecting. I think this movie would have been infinitely better. That would have been really cool. I do like some of the twists. It did surprise me. You know, I didn't know it was going to be about this little kid that was locked up in a fucking house or some shit, you know? Like, what the fuck? I don't know. Like, I was not expecting that. And I haven't seen this in a long time, but I do remember there was one thing I didn't like about it. I was like... Yeah, it just feels like it's kind of missing something, you know? Right. But there is some cool stuff in it, but I keep saying that, but I, it's, I'm so conflicted, you know? Not, not just because it's Argento, but just because I do like things about it. So it's hard to balance it out. Right. But that ultimately is what makes it bad is because it doesn't balance out. Right. You know that the, the monkey in the film too, they were trying to make you feel like he was the killer. Right. Because I think, and I don't remember what time it was, but there was that movie that came out about the monkey that was killing people. I remember. Link. Okay. But they put a monkey in the film, a chimp, Mm -hmm. and it could have very well been him killing because it was always sneaking out. So they made the monkey be a possible killer. Oh, okay. See, wait, hold on. 
I didn't get that vibe from the monkey. I I I just had a feeling that he was going to save the day, which he did. At the very beginning of the movie, he was definitely holding a fucking well, yeah, but- a knife, and he was like, "See, this cuts. This is gonna hurt." And yeah, it's like they were definitely trying to make you think that maybe the monkey was going around killing. I didn't. I didn't even get that. That's what I got. That monkey in particular actually bit part of uh, Jennifer Connelly's finger off. Oh, really? By a chimp. By the chimp. Whoops. Yeah, uh, she was actually rushed to the hospital, and it was reattached. Oh wow! Oh, they reattached it then. Yeah. Huh. The uh, the chimp apparently kept turning around, and Dario Argento, not wanting to film her behind, asked Connolly to place her hand on the animal to stop her from turning. No wonder. But when she attempted to do so, the chimp became enraged and bit her, and then became very hostile towards Connolly for the rest of the film. I'd fucking bite her too. Don't touch me, bitch. Just kick it in the head. <laughs> Chimps can be fucking brutal. Yeah, man. they're animals. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They're not like humans, like people think. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like they can, they can be violent and chew people's faces off dogs, and shit like dogs that. Dogs can too. I hate to say it, but dogs can too. Sure, but I'm just saying, like chimps in particular right. have a very. Oh yeah, they don't have no patience. No, that's why I'm like I don't know, man. But yeah. I hope I hope the I hope they paid for her hospital bills. Second movie. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Probably, obviously, they did because she wouldn't have come back. Yeah, they true. weren't even finished filming yet. So I, I'm, I didn't look at her hand when we were watching this movie, but maybe, right. maybe there was a story in the movie where Jennifer was telling. She's sitting on the bed telling the story about how her mother abandoned her as you know, mm-hmm. and like her dad basically took over. And it's an act. And put her in a boarding school. <laughs> I guess, yeah. It's an actual story from Dario Argento's childhood. Really? And that His might be why left. why it's such a personal film to him. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why he likes this one in particular. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't blame him. I just don't necessarily agree. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the funny thing is, is that with any artist, it's like there's there's always like like even for me, like as a musician, like in making music, there's songs that I like that no one ever liked. Right. That right. I really enjoy. Right. That I love making and I still think is a good song, but not everybody likes it. Exactly. It's just the way it is. Some things you never try. <laughs> the kid in the movie at the end has what they call Patau syndrome. It's a syndrome caused by the chromosomal abnormality in which some of the other cells of the body contain extra genetic material. Wait, 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 wait. That that was that kid mm-hmm. it's real that wasn't a prosthetic or anything no it was a prosthetic but i'm saying it's based off of the real fucking syndrome oh okay oh i didn't know that yeah it's caused by chromosomal abnormality in which some or all of the cells of the body contain extra genetic material from chromosome 13 the uh extra material disrupts normal development causing multiple and complex organ defects there's been babies born without eyes and faces right but just a mouth oh that's or like extra fingers or right yeah it's it's just like it's part of like i don't want to say down syndrome but they do talk about down syndrome being closely related related to that to that part of the brain yeah that makes sense it's not the same, clearly, but that is what this kid suffers from uh, in the movie. And they were even going to have a sequel that was going to go into production in 2001. What? Yeah, which I thought was really weird. Uh, but it was canceled because Dario Argento had a contract with Medusa. Oh. So. I wonder if Jennifer Connelly was going to be in that. Probably not. 
Oh. I would assume no. She'd already moved on. <laughs> what has she done? She'd be slumming it Lately. if she did that. You know what I'm saying? Right. The imagery and aesthetic and partial plot points of the film were used as an inspiration for the 1995 survival horror video game called Clock Tower. Which, if you guys have played, it's on Steam. I've seen it multiple times. I've never played it. But in that game in particular, Clock Tower, you play as a young woman named Jennifer Simpson, (laughs) (laughs) who is trapped in a sprawling mansion estate with a psychotic, scissor-wielding, deformed boy. And the character Jennifer is clearly modeled after actress Jennifer Connelly's appearance in the film. That's interesting. Yeah. You should play that game on stream on your Twitch. Right? Well, you going to buy it for me? No. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> there was, uh, you didn't mention the guy that played um, the little boy. His name is David David Marota. He was a 26-year-old a dwarf in heavy makeup. Oh, okay. So, just, just FYI. Uh, some of the trivia, that was pretty much it. I mean, I didn't really go too much deeper than that. There was some other stuff in there, but I just thought this was probably the more interesting stuff. I think I have like a couple of things in some of the scene stuff that we do uh-huh. that we can talk about. But so what did you hate in this film that, that really pissed you off? Like what scene in particular just sets you down the road of I don't like this? Or was it just nothing? It, it was a mismatch of everything when they started using the weird music. Mm. Like, like it didn't coincide. You mean the more so the rock music? Yeah, which I liked, but it didn't coincide with everything else. It was like it was there was shit supposed to be happening going down. I get it. It wasn't like death metal worshiping Satan, witches and shit going down. <laughs> Did you have a favorite scene in this movie? I have a favorite scene in this movie. I really liked the end scene where she goes down the tunnel to get the phone and then all of a sudden she gets dragged down more and then there's like this pool of shit oh, with body yeah. parts and shit in and it. And bugs and like, maggots and putrid shit. That's pretty cool. I also did like the beginning. Yeah, the beginning was really cool too. I really like that because like you see this girl get off the bus, she misses her bus, and we're both thinking to ourselves, she could have totally been seen by that bus. Oh, totally, because it turned the corner. But then I have another question too, because this was a fourteen-year-old girl. Like, why is a fourteen-year-old girl going traveling by herself? And what was she doing out in the wilderness that she was down the road so far that she didn't catch the bus? Right. And why didn't she go back to where she came? Yeah, because you even saw her looking at the signs, and there was a town right there. Oh no, I think I'll just. Just go to the spooky abandoned I mean, you would go to the first street. house right there, wouldn't you? I wouldn't know. I mean, I don't know. I didn't think I wouldn't think anything of it if I was out in the middle of nowhere. I wouldn't go, oh, that's a bad place to go. I would just go to where I could to try to and feel it out. And she did. She went inside. She got, you know, there's this. She whole, just walked in. No, you know. Well, the music was hey, really man. great at that point. And she goes in and she gets attacked by someone with a chain that's trying to choke her. And I don't know who that was. It could have been the mom because the mom was also trying to protect her child. And she was also willing to kill, as we found out Mm -hmm. by the end of the movie. So she could have been attacking her because they were living there at that moment. Mm -hmm. And then stabbed her in the hand with a pair of scissors on the door, which looked really real, by the way. It really did. And then she like runs to like this waterfall area where she gets stabbed in the stomach by someone. And I'm assuming it might be the kid at this point in time. And then she bashes her head through the window and gets beheaded. (laughs) And then her head rolls into the water. I think he cut it off afterwards. Like, yeah. Like, cause it doesn't fall instantly. Right. It's It's probably wobbling around. (laughs) It's wobbling, wobbling. Um, but yeah, that was a really cool scene. I, I really liked that. that. That was actually pretty good. 
What was another scene that you might have liked or that you have questions about? <laughs> I thought it was interesting. So, like, after that scene, Jennifer's in the car going with the school lady to school. Mm-hmm. And there's a bee in the car. And they're all like, oh, my God, a bee. A bee, oh, my God. And then Jennifer's like, no, don't kill it. Don't kill it. Let it live. Jennifer, like, takes the bee in her hands. And the teacher's like... Everybody's like wreck, about ready to wreck the car. Right. Which I would be too. I don't want a fucking bee on my fucking neck. I'd be like pulling over immediately. And she's like, bee insects love me. <laughs> well, she does. She can talk to them. She just doesn't know yet. It was funny. But the whole when the bee was flying around the car and they almost crashed the car, it was funny. Right. I like um, a little bit further forward, like the school ladies that are running the staff are running the school. Like she they find out after she sleepwalks and sees a murder, by the way, in one of the adjacent buildings that they should not go. And they make very clear to her when she gets there. Right. The first night she's there and she witnesses a murder like damn right in her sleep by the way <laughs> which uh she sees a murder doesn't realize it and she thinks it's a dream walks out into the town and almost gets hit by a car and a couple of creepy german dudes just decide to get her and take her in the car and she doesn't understand what they're saying or anything and and then gets jumps out of the car into the bushes and stuff Yeah, and she like rolls down the ditch right and that's where she first meets the monkey who takes her back to the fucking donald pleasant's lair <laughs> <laughs> the professor lair. Yeah. <laughs> who also loves bugs and sees how she loves bugs. And coincidentally, also had an assistant that not only looks like her, but also coincidentally loved bugs too, because you know how many people love bugs. There's so many coincidences. Yeah. That's the part where I'm like, what? <laughs> Uh, but further on in the future, we find out, you know, he, he realizes that she's got this like, thing about bugs and like how bugs like her and he's like that is the damnedest thing i've never seen that before she could control bugs yeah she he was like the bug is trying to mate with you yeah that was weird and he's like he wouldn't do that with me <laughs> he's jealous right <laughs> yeah i know he's like i've tried to rub one out with this no, I'm kidding. <laughs> with this beetle <laughs> with this beetle for years <laughs> anyway probably didn't live that long <laughs> but a couple of days <laughs> Anyway, so Jennifer, another point, she goes back to the school and she keeps sleepwalking and they find this really weird that she's doing this. And so they hook her up to some brain monitoring and they think that she's like having seizures or something like that. And they're worried. And I'm like, first of all, how does this school just happen to have some brain fucking scanning machines? Right. Like laying around in this old fucking country home that's out in the middle of nowhere. It might have been like electroshock therapy. Didn't they call it the Wagner School? What was it? Hold I don't on. No, but she kept calling it. She an called it EG. the Richard Wagner School for Girls. Huh. Who some? He was somebody. I don't know what it was. But the point I'm trying to make is that she has this back and forth with the staff, and there's this one point where they just start reading her letters, and she's like, "I can talk to insects." To my dad, she's like writing a letter to her dad. I found out I can talk to insects, and I found a professor who believes in me and has seen me do these powerful, wonderful things. And I'm writing to you because I love you. And they're reading it aloud in front of the students, in front of all the students. And I'm like, "You fucking bitch!" Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. That is fucked up. That is totally not staff one hundred. 
single one right, at but, all. But she overhears them and she storms in the room and she grabs. She's the like, "That's fucking, mine." Yeah, that's mine. And, and, and storms out of the fucking. And then the students come up behind her in the hall and they start making buzzing noises and shit at her, like bees, bees. The- Instantly turns into Carrie. Pretty right, much. Right. So, and oh, because all the flies, she makes all the flies surround the school, like the right. omen and shit, because that's devil shit, you know? Yeah, the other girls, like, are picking on her. All of a sudden, all these, like, thousands and thousands of flies, like, appear on the windows. And they look behind them and they see them all, and they're all freaked out. And Jennifer's just smiling. She's like, I love you. Yeah. I love weird. you all. And, and they're, like, thinking she's talking to her, but she's talking to the bugs. Right. And Jennifer passes out on the floor, and it's like this whole thing. But that shot, the the way that they did that, by the way, uh-huh. they dumped a bunch of coffee grounds in a tank of water and filmed it, so like over the moon. So when you see that shot of it swirling around... Oh, yeah, the moon, I remember. Yeah, that's coffee grains. That's funny. Isn't that crazy? That's funny. I don't know how they did it on the windows, but they probably just like fucking stuck them to it with like glue or something. So she's in the hospital bed, right? And the... A couple of the teachers are there and they're talking shit about her like while she's in the bed and they said she's diabolic. She's lady of the flies. Yeah, instead of Lord of the Flies, yeah, like she's Satan. Lady of the Flies. So another fucking Carrie reference or something, right? Right. And now I'm starting to see that these are very connected in some ways and they pulled some of the beats from it almost. Yeah, totally. A little bit. Maybe yeah. not so intentionally, but it definitely yeah, is it there. Has that, yeah. Because she got very, like, biblical. Yeah. That's when she we find out about the whole thing about the bug called the Great Sarcophagus Flies. And they're the greatest detectives. And he's like, you and this fly will be the greatest detectives the world's ever seen. And you will find the dead bodies of the serial killer who's going around killing everybody while everybody... Which is another thing in this movie that really bothers me. Because there's so many people that are just not taking it seriously. And right. walking around on the grounds, walking around at night. And a girl, a, a like 14-year-old. All of she, these yeah. girls. Many girls. Like, not just those two that we saw. But many girls have died right and they're just walking around by their own and here she is traveling to find the bodies you know right that's another her thing own. i really enjoyed the part when she was in the she was in the bus and she had her little fly in the little trap and it was guiding her and um she had the she threw the window open <laughs> and this fucking this fucking bitch bus lady, lady yeah who was another passenger on the bus like this is one of the scenes that was obviously cut because they were speaking in italian to each other and she was telling and i think she was telling her to shut the window and jennifer was like no i'm not gonna shut the fucking window <laughs> Yeah, and it was so funny, too, because in that scene, like, she's like, no. Like, she, you could see Jennifer Connelly being a real bitch, and I think right. maybe that's why they cut those moments right. when she was being kind of... Aggressive? Sc- aggressive. Right. Because you notice, like, they did that with the phone thing. They did it with all these other things. They right. wanted to keep that innocence. Maybe that's what they were cutting out, is her being a bitch. Yeah, because she really was a fucking... She turned... It's a too, it's a little too much. Yeah, it really is, because when she what, was at the bank and she was trying to get the fuck out of there, she didn't want to go to the school and whatnot she was being a bitch yeah but she was also being nice she even waved to the guy before she left right she was just anxious to get out of there i don't blame her i don't think she was being a bitch there she's scared but yeah i don't know i think it was funny because when they when that lady tells her to shut the window and then she sits down and then she finds the place where she needs to go because the fly starts acting up Mm -hmm. and then she like leaves and doesn't shut the window and you see the bus and the lady comes up to it and shuts the window all angrily (laughs) It was funny. 
And this is where she like tries to call her dad or something afterwards. She finds a basement. Well, she finds these papers in this house and the fly and all this stuff. And she breaks a chair through the floor, but doesn't go down and find out what's in that that area. But there was like a rotting hand with like maggots all over it somehow. Mm-hmm. And then she tries to go to get a plane ticket, which we were talking about. And she tries to get a telefed or telefax to her. That's what they called it. To get wire money, basically, to her to get her on a plane. And her father's lawyer didn't give her the money. Instead, tries to fly out there to her. Well, he did fly out to her in record time, yeah, may I add. From America, too, in yeah, no time. From Los Angeles. Yeah, and, and instead of just giving her the money because she tells him that she's going to fucking die. Yeah. And then that woman comes up and she said, yeah, I just got a call from your father's lawyer. He said that I should be taking care of you and do anything that you need and then takes her back to her house. She's like, there's no flights until 12 the next day. And so she takes the advice and goes with her and the woman starts acting fucking sus as a motherfucker. Oh, totally. I'd have been like, put me in a hotel room. And then she just like randomly tells Jennifer that she's got a fever. Yeah, take and, these pills. Yeah, you got to take these pills. And she's like really forceful about it, which is very suspect. And Jennifer takes and it anyway. And she takes the fucking pills. I don't understand that. <laughs> and then you get a lesson on how to be bulimic, you know, just, you know, in case you need to make yourself throw up for some reason. Yeah. Like, that's totally how you do it. I'm wondering if it was real. I don't know. That was weird. I thought that was fucking weird. It was weird. She's like finding maggots everywhere too, and then that's when she gets in the locked. House. Yeah, she like tries to make a phone call, and then the 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 teacher woman's like no, and she cuts the cord and takes the phone and locks her in the room after hitting her in the back of the head and shit. And I'm like Jesus. And then you're like, okay, there's more to this. And then the police come to the house or the detective. The yeah, one and detective. then we find out that the schoolwoman was one of the people who tried to break into a mental asylum like nine, ten months ago when the the girl who got her head removed at the waterfall happened right but when they lived at that house and you hear the man scream when he comes inside by the way right that's what i was talking about he screams when he comes inside you hear him right as soon as the door shuts i don't remember so confused so then there's this whole back and forth of jennifer trying to get the fuck out of this room she like climbs over this door and she falls through there's like a phone that gets yanked down into the fucking (laughs) She knocks it down a hole and there's this hole in the ground that leads to a fucking pit of dead bodies and shit, <laughs> which was kind of cool. And then there's a guy chained up in there, the detective. And then, ugh, that filth that was in that pool. Yeah, and she was in there too. She's like swimming around, you know. I wonder what it was. It was probably like Rice Krispies and shit. Yeah, probably. With like, like chocolate. It's like mud. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't look too good. Let's put it that no. way. Looked like shit. Yeah. Like, literally. It looked like sewers. Like her little boy had been shitting in there too. Right, probably. <laughs> cheaper cheaper than plumbing. They probably like the smell. <laughs> and that's when you find Jennifer, like she meets the little boy and you find out that he's got this weird, like, gnarly looking face and like his like like teeth are like uh, animals. Mm-hmm. And like comes running after her and like he chases her all the way to a boat and like hops on and is trying to spear her in the chest with the, the murder weapon that everybody's been dying by in the movie. And she calls the insects. She beckons upon them to swallow the soul of the, the, the child <laughs> and it fucking melts off his face. And like he falls in the water 
Do you remember that? Yeah. And it was like he like even has a moment where he touches his face and it like melts off uh-huh. like his skin. And it's like we're talking about a minute or two of all these thousands of flies like sucking on his head, I guess. Right. And his body. And apparently where they had that scene, the the where the kid had all the flies all over him. Mm-hmm. They said they had over two million eggs that were bought and incubated in an oven. And as soon as they hatched, David Moroda, David Moroda, was put into the makeup and wardrobe and then rushed to set to attract the newborn flies. Right. His clothes and covered face were coated in glucose and the flies were released from very fine nets to swarm his body. Oh, my God. After completing the scene, the crew opened the studio windows to release all the flies, but they inhabited the neighbor's businesses for weeks. Oh, my God. I'd be so pissed. Yeah. Why didn't they just use coffee grounds like they did earlier? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. But that's funny, right? Like, you don't even think it's in a studio because it's on a lake when they shoot it, but Mm -hmm. that was for the close-ups. Oh, I see. So... And then, then that part afterwards, which is so funny, she walks on the shore. Right. And she sees her dad's lawyer and they run at each other in happiness and fucking whap. Whap. Head falls right off. Yeah, wet ass pussy just fucking cuts. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He cuts off her fucking, his fucking head, the mom of the child. You know what? I did like that scene because it was really unexpected. That was really unexpected. And then the monkey comes out of nowhere and fucking right. kills the mom. Obviously, we knew that was going to happen. Well, the, also, we, we forgot to mention that the kid burned alive in the the gas from the oh, boat yeah. blowing up or whatever. Whatever. But still, it's a lot of twists there at the yeah, end. It, it really it, was. It felt a little thrown together. Mm-hmm. It did surprise me. The head cutting scene yeah, was that, pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't think they'd just kill him off like that. That was cool. <laughs> but she's like using a piece of like sheet metal that's like bending on her neck to use yeah. to try to cut her head off. I, I had it. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, I don't know. It's just sheet metal. I don't know. Twist. The monkey kills. And then he bit off her finger. (laughs) They don't show that part. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so I don't know. I thought that was kind of a funny ending. But what did you guys think of this movie? Let us know. I would love to hear what you guys think about this one, as well as Carrie, too. I would like to see. I think Carrie's going to be the winner on this one for for us, obviously. But Mm -hmm. it didn't need to be that long. And I think maybe the cuts might have helped. If there was any cuts to the gore, keep those in. But the other dialogue spots, we didn't need it. Right. You know? Right. So. Confusing. Yeah. It probably, it's probably, I wonder why they cut it so much. That might be why. Let us know what you guys think. Next week, we're going to be doing some newer movies, I think. We're not sure just yet. Subject to change. Yeah, it is subject to change. I want to try to push for a couple of newer movies, though, because I think that would be fun uh, and be a nice change to get us out of the older movies for a little bit. At some point in time, I do want to go back into do some Mario Bava, uh, which we watched a documentary on him recently, and I would love to watch like Blood and uh, Blood and Black Lace. Oh, that's right. And then like maybe, Black Sunday. Yeah, Caltiki or mm-hmm. Black Sunday. We did Black Sunday, I think, once before. Uh, I wasn't and, here. I didn't do shit. It was a long time ago. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good one too. But I'm just saying, I want to see some of his stuff. So right. maybe we'll do that too in the future. I would still like to do the Children of the Corn. I know some of you guys aren't anxious for that one, but I think it might be fun. That might be a good for like the beginning of the year. So bad it's good kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe we'll do it in like February or something. Yeah, it's a good Valentine's. 
stay. Well, maybe we should do it in harvesting season. Just kidding. When is that? I, I think it's August. <laughs> is I don't even is know. that when they harvest the weed? No. <laughs> it's corn we're talking about, not oh, weed. Oh, yeah, children of the corn. <laughs> do they still do that? Do they still do corn? I don't know. Somebody needs to make a children of the corn movie <laughs> with weed. Of the weed. Yeah. Children of the Dank. <laughs> I'm sure it's got to have been made. <laughs> oh, man. Hit me up if you guys want some rights to that because I have legal rights to the idea. I think that needs to go in your grave plots bowl. Children of the Dank. Children of the Dank. <laughs> That's my submission. Oh, my God. That sounds so cheesy as fuck. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming by this week. I hope you enjoyed our discussions on both of these movies. Let us know how you feel about both, which one you prefer, if you've seen them, and what your thoughts are on them. I would love to hear from you guys. Also, as a reminder, hey Zeus, we're waiting on you, buddy. Let us know if you would like to get those free movies, and we'll get them out to you as soon as possible. If we don't hear back from you by Wednesday, we're going to go ahead and draw another winner, and then uh, hit them up. But uh, yeah, thanks guys, and uh, we'll catch you next week. And as always, long live the voice. So...